Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Anthe, I'm sorry, Anthe Yanapulu. Anthe is a fashion costume designer and makeup artist that has always loved color and texture. She has showcased her for organizations like Fashion Week New York, London, and Africa, and charities like Chubbs Against Cancer in Africa. She loves creating clothes for any size women and is a curved pageant queen herself, advocates for circular fashion. Anthe, welcome to the space. Hello. There you are. <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having me, first of all. <laughs> you are so welcome. I am so happy to have you. So happy that you're here. And I read a little bit about you, but I would love for you to tell people a little bit more of your story before we dive in. All right. Um, I'm a traveler of the world, in a way. I was born in Greece. I love my country. I love the weather, the summer and everything. But uh, from young, I have left to go and study. I lived in Holland. I became an air hostess, moved into UK. My degrees are in fashion. So as you realize, nothing makes sense <laughs> or is connected in a way. <laughs> and I'm still in the UK, but because of my previous job as an air hostess, I have traveled almost everywhere from Brazil to America, if we go that way. I have reached Seychelles towards Asia, Africa, wow. <laughs> of course, Europe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. So you have seen lots of things. Yes. I miss a bit of Asia, like Japan and Australia. You know, they're on the bucket list. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, honest. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be an interesting conversation because you say it's not connected, but I'm sure that there are many connections because we do, our stories are, are our stories that lead us in the ways that we go. And um, even though we might not see the connections, there's reasons and 
and why things happen. No, that's that's actually true. When I think I studied fashion and I became an air hostess all my life as an air hostess, I never said to anybody who asked me, what's your profession? I used to say I'm a fashion designer, which I'm actually that because that's my job now. Yeah. Well, it's always been your passion, hasn't it? Yeah. So I don't know why I was afraid for 10 years flying to say to people, you know, I'm a cabin crew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, these are the good kind this is why we're having these conversations. So I am very happy that you're here. And before we dive into the conversation further, I'm going to ask you a would you rather question. All so right. here we go. So Anthony, would you rather be able to fly like a bird or swim like a fish? Mm -hmm. I think I would rather swim like a fish because I love the water. I love summer. I love everything that has to do with water. All the houses are moving. They have to have a water element. For example, where I'm living now, I have the river close to me, even if it's a small one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, water, there is something about water. It's just that calming, that movement that uh, I've gotten. It's interesting for me as I've gotten older, I, I've always loved the ocean. Like that has always been a place for me, but I don't go in it so much. It's kind of like I respect the space because of whatever's in it. <laughs> I think if we respect it, it respects us back. I know for a fact, since I was a baby, I was, my parents are, one is from the north of Greece, the other from the south of Greece. In the south of Greece, my dad's parents come from a very small village that it's basically the village, the street, rocks, and water. So to reach the seaside, to go and swim, you have to climb down the rocks and up and so forth. So they told me a story that I was a baby and they were in a point, climb up to a point to the rocks, but then... My I was like, it's okay, we're going to dive. So he dropped me first and then he dived after me. And my mom was staying on the rocks like, ah, you crazy. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> wait, my how dad. old were you? I wanted to kill him at that point. but <laughs> How old were you? I just lost you. Hello? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Now I can hear you. I lost you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was saying that at least they're both still alive. So my dad survived the killing. So, <laughs> God. But how old were you when he just dropped you uh, in there? I think not actually newborn as newborn, but probably <laughs> two, three months. Oh, old. my God. <laughs> I would have wanted to kill him as well, <laughs> but everybody survived and everybody's good. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's it. It's maybe from very young. I have that water element in me. <laughs> oh, literally. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Thank you. Well, this is going to be good. So I want to welcome people that are here with us live. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Please feel free to put any questions or comments in the chat box as we go along so you can participate and we can see you. So, um, Anthony, we're going to dive into the first question, which is how do you define creativity? Well, I'm not, uh, I don't know, the, the word book, I'm not the translation book, but creativity, I think, comes from within us. It's something that we all have. Maybe some of us, we ignore it, so we don't develop it, but others, we, we can't keep it and ignore it, so we start developing it and expressing ourselves. It's it's part of life. On its own, it's it is life. Like in many religions, from Christianity to Buddhism, something was created. It doesn't take anyone anyone away from their beliefs by saying that Buddha created something. Uh, God and uh, Jesus they created something that. But I think creativity is all around us, from the smallest to the biggest things, from artists to even our very everyday life, making, I don't know, a plate to eat mm -hmm. in the house. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yes, this is why I started my company, I Am Creative, um, after being an art teacher for 30 years when we talk about our professions. Um, you know, 30 years in various settings, um, from the school systems to homeless shelters, to having my own companies and all of this. And, um, I kind of got to a point where it's always, I realized I was always saying it cause it, I'm just passionate about it, about it goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. It's expanding the societal definition of the way we see it. So like you said, in religions, something was created. It's all around us. And you said that it comes from within. And I truly believe that many people become disconnected and forget or are just not aware because they're stuck on that societal definition. And they feel like they can't see themselves within it because they can't draw or paint. But we're creating all the time. No, I think we're creating from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, to bed in the night, even when we are in bed in the night, our dreams sometimes mm -hmm. are creative dreams because they prompt us to do something the next day if we pay attention to them. I don't know how many people can actually think that their dreams are their intuition. It could be their creative mind, something that it's being told to them um, and they don't realize that the next day or the day after they're working towards that goal that they dreamed maybe two nights before. Yeah. I love that you said if you're paying attention. Yeah, because we have to pay attention to our own self. Our in, uh, I don't know how to express it. Our, to our own being and our own thoughts because that's from where our creativity can also yeah. come. If yeah. we pay attention to our thoughts, we know that, okay, I want to write a book or I want to create a song or I don't know how I imagine somebody would be dressed and I create a collection. 
Yeah, so let's go into that because, yes, you are a fashion designer amongst other things. Um, and I would love to hear, first of all, in what I titled this, A Curve Pageant Queen That Advocates for Circular Fashion. Can you please tell me what circular fashion is? Because I have to admit that I am not, I am not familiar. <laughs> Basically, what we call circular fashion is anything that they, it has to do with how we create fashion, even if it's shoes, clothes, on a sustainable basis. Mm -hmm. So anything that is sustainable is circular fashion. Uh, also, so many years in fashion, yes, I've seen all the lovely stuff from the sparkles to the rhinestones, let's call it that way, from expensive fabrics, but no one till you start searching tells you also that fashion has a horrible side that it's not shown to people so easily. There is uh, human trafficking behind fashion. There is sexual trafficking, uh, children being abused. And that's not on everyone. Don't take me wrong. Not every brand is there. But there was a point that many brands were trying to do everything cheap, cheap, cheap so they can gain the clients, but then somebody was getting abused on the way. Let it be the farmer who was giving the first product to create, let's say, our cotton, to the person who was sitting down on a swing machine stitching our t-shirt. So that's what circular fashion advocates, that we need to be careful choosing what we buy carefully, our materials carefully, all all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just listening to a, um, it's interesting because I was talk, listening to a talk of somebody doing this today here in, I'm in South Jersey um, in the States, but uh, in Philly, a woman who is a, a sustainable clothing business, um, not far and talking about all of this um, kind of going on. And um, it's just, she also, uh, has people working for her that have been incarcerated and all this to kind of really expand and extend this concept of um, who people are and what people can do and not limiting um, possibilities. So it's just really beautiful. No, of course. We, we're supposed to be creative people like fashion people are supposed to be creative people. So we're supposed to embrace other people and lift them up not actually put them down because of profit. Yeah. And that's why I advocate for circular fashion. It is hard to be 100% sustainable. It takes lots of practices. Yeah. I am trying to be as sustainable as I can from the fabrics I use for the clothes I make to how I will package them. And at the moment, I'm one woman operation. I don't have a big company, so, but I'm still looking for how if I grow further and more and more, how I can incorporate that to the people that they will working with me. What is a fair wage? What is uh, good for people to work in as an environment? Uh, how we supposed to treat materials they would be coming in? Because if I don't know, how would I pass it to others? Yes. 
Yes, and thank you for bringing up because I think it's important for people to hear and understand this um, with the word sustainable. It comes from, like you said, the fabrics you're choosing. Um, it can also be, and uh, before I get distracted, um, and also the packaging, like when people put fancy, you know, stickers and things like that on it, unless it's biodegradable or things like that, then again, is not necessarily, it's not sustainable. It's you're, you're representing your brand. You're representing what you stand for and how you package something and how you present it. You still want it to look um, good in the way that you want it to look, but it's all these factors that come into play. I was talking with a fellow handbag designer that he's from Greece, and we were saying we could find certain sustainable fabrics when it comes to trimmings like uh, zippers or anything else at the moment yes they have created sustainable versions but they are not good enough one let's say one two zips it will break mm. so we are still forced to use something that it would be let's say metal and it it wouldn't be considered as sustainable right right even if you are a sustainable brand but still there is evolution to the circular fashion to the sustainable part of it. So people need to be aware and accommodating that, okay, we can't do everything 100% sustainable yet, but we're going that way. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, it's being cognizant. It's the awareness uh, of it. And yeah, it's all, it's all a process. It's all growing. Um, tell us more about your, uh, your journey to this point of where you are. Um, you said that you uh, were a stewardess, like you were on planes and got to travel. Um, I know that you also do things with makeup and lashes and tell us more. Oh, well, I was, I was home in Greece. I finished my degree in fashion in Greece as a private education. And then I went in Holland to do kind of masters in merchandising. When mm -hmm. I arrived uh, there, it wasn't my thing. Merchandising was never my thing because it wasn't creative. Yes, it is a nice thing doing marketing and all of that, but I never liked it. So I did my year, I passed my course, but I never considered it as something that I could follow as profession. So while I was there and there was one day I was searching for a job, I found this advert for an open day on a job fair. And I went, I joined, and somehow I became an ad hostess because I speak almost six languages. Oh, wow. So I think that helped me on that interview, nail the position of ad hostessing. So I did the training and then while we had the option to be anywhere in Europe base, they gave us, oh, you could put five options. All my training group got sent uh, here in London somehow. I don't know why we were given the option to put where we want to be in Europe, but and then we all got sent in London. So I started working as an air hostess in London. They passed few years. I had a very good position, very good salary, but something was missing in me. And as I told you before, I always used to say to people, 
πέταμε fashion designer, not a cabin crew, never, like nobody knew mm. that I was flying. So being on that predicament and having quite few, many hours free, I took, a fas- uh, I took another degree in makeup and I started doing makeup for editorials, photoshoots, things like that. That's how I got involved in makeup artistry. Mm-hmm. And then that led me back to start doing clothes little by little, do costumes for video clips and movies. So it progressed like that till I left my air hostess job. And then it's about two years ago, I was thinking, because I'm a curved lady. I'm not, I'm not uh, the, the stick thin girl <laughs> my sister is. <laughs> Even that she has four children, she <laughs> uh-huh. can take her away if, if it blows too hard. I get but it. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, in comparison to me, she's the thin one. And you can say I'm the curvy, or if somebody can see me, can say, okay, she's the little fatty girl. <laughs> But Mm -hmm. I don't mind it. I know I'm the curved one. So basically, I decided, oh, how women my size or a little smaller than me or a little bigger than me see fashion. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, where can I find dancers by not being, you know, interrogating or like, oh, come here for an interview. How do you feel with your clothes and put them not, not at ease? by making questions. So I joined my first pageant. Mm. And then I got hooked in pageantry. And now I represent Greece in a curve system. So all the ladies are UK size 14 and over. Mm-hmm. All the queens. Mm-hmm. I am representing Greece. And we're going internationally, basically coming to Nashville in April. To, to compete from all over the world, UK, Australia, Africa, Caribbean, America. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, what a journey. And I have to say, I love, because as you were talking, I was thinking, how do clothes make you feel? And whatever size you are, you want to feel a certain way with your clothes, whether you want to feel relaxed, you want to feel sexy, you want to feel, um, you know, you want to feel just good, excited. I can't think of other words right this moment. My mind's drawing a blank, but clothes make you feel a certain way. And what I found personally with me, honestly, is for the longest time I've been saying, I don't feel like my clothes are representing who I am. They have just been kind of something I put on my body, but I've been feeling a disconnect, but a craving to really have it show who I am on the inside. No, clothes should be uh, our expression to the world. Let it, it doesn't matter our age. We can all use color, for example, and patterns. Because people say, oh, I'm this age, I, could use, I can't use that bright colors. And it's like, no, you can. Who tells mm-hmm. you you can't? Right, right. All right. And... Yes, there are certain things you should avoid. I'm a big girl. I can wear, I don't know, the, the mini, mini skirt. Okay, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I can't wear a short skirt. Mm-hmm. There is a difference to the mini, mini skirt to a short skirt. 
Maybe I can't wear the one, but I can wear the other and, and still show my, show my legs and not being vulgar to people that they would be looking at me. Yeah. So it, you, it needs research, of course, and it needs to feel you. The same thing with colors, with patterns, with style, styles of clothes. There are a lot of styling services Mm-hmm. that they have to do from color therapy to what we call fashion feng shui. So basically create your styling with feng shui. Mm-hmm. Which they're all interesting. So if you read a little and do research, may, there is always somebody who could be there to help you. Yeah. Create something for your wardrobe. It doesn't mean it doesn't need to be something new. It could be your old pieces. They might need to be just few tailoring stuff to be done to them to feel like you. Yeah, yeah. Because it yeah. doesn't mean that I buy off the rack something and it's tailored to my waist or, or I don't know, to, to my shoulders or something and I might need to tailor that jacket a little. Mm. So a good tailor is always... <laughs> A plus <laughs> in yeah. the address book. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really good point to make, though. It's that um, the whole idea of asking for help, um, reaching out to people that can see things from a different perspective, and the whole concept of not thinking that you have to ditch your wardrobe, um, but it's a matter of seeing things differently. Uh, I know that my daughter... My daughter is so good for this with me. Sometimes she can be a little harsh because she doesn't always have the calmest um, voice demeanor. She can be like, mom, just take this. I'm like, would you stop yelling at me? This is a very sensitive topic right now. But it kind of, I mean, to touch on that, I think how people, again, like what they're putting on their body and how they're dressing, if they're not if they're not wearing what is expressive and feels good, it can make you feel bad. Or invisible. Exactly. When you actually want to be seen. No, no. I, I agree with you. And it's, it is not only color or style. It's not only size on, on the clothes. Because it could be different brands make different patterns. So sizing can vary. I tell you the truth. I'm from a size UK 18 to a size UK 24. So figure that out in different companies. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like a range of four or five different sizes that I can fit in. And, and it's like, okay, which is my actual size? Mm-hmm. I know my actual size because I can make my own measurements. I can make my own patterns, let's say. But somebody who doesn't have the education I had to make a pattern, they would be like, okay, what size am I? Am I the bigger spectrum of the size or the smaller spectrum of the sizes I wear? Where, where am I in reality? Mm-hmm. And they can get confused. And then there are women who would get depressed and avoid actually not only shopping, but thinking, okay, I could style myself. I could wear this for this event or I could do this and go out even with my children and my husband. It's, there is, and I I can't necessarily speak, I can't speak for men, I can speak for women. We do, we see sizes, and I guess, would you say it's a societal thing that we get kind of stuck on that? We're like, oh my God, 
and it just makes you feel, it can make you feel bad. Oh, yeah. I was always the, the bigger size girl from, for, from small. I was always the, the curvier, the plummy, the plummier, and my sister was always the skinnier one. It's like, but I never felt bad going on stage with my models that some of them are two meters and a size zero. Like in New York, when I was, all the models were size zero. And there you had me, shorter and a little cur- curvier, like a little curvy short ball walking next to a woman that was two meters and a size zero. Yeah. Yeah. And Which I is, like, yeah, go ahead. I, I created this. I'm mm. fine. <laughs> I love this. I created this. And it's beautiful to represent everybody, to represent so people can feel like, ah, yes. I mean, it's just wonderful. It's just so incredible when you can put your artistry and your expression out and allow people to feel inclusive and to feel sexy and to feel excited and to feel cozy and all of these things in something that they're wrapping around the body. So thank you for all that you do. No, but we all, women and men, have to feel nice, no matter what size they are, in my opinion. I don't do men's wear. Okay, I have to put it out there. I do women's wear. But I don't believe that men also have to lack if they are bigger size men. Mm-hmm. They right. don't have to lack on their wardrobe because it happened that, okay, let's say God, universe, call it whatever, bless them to be slightly bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So let's segue into the second question, which is um, how do you incorpor- more, incorporate more creativity into your own life? Well, I try every day to do at least something creative. I tell you the fact now that it's coming to the period of Halloween, every week, I put some hours. I put some hours aside, and I did some creative makeups on me, like Halloween makeups. And it sounds stupid. You're sitting home alone and thinking, "Oh, what could I, could I do to pass the time?" But it opened my creativity. It opened my research on certain stuff. Like I had to research. I don't know if I told you. Like I'm trying to make uh, like eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Okay. as prosthetics okay. and that opened my creativity on oh how do we make that mm-hmm. how can I do it on a, like on a way that I don't need okay to do it as prosthetics prosthetics that I need how much latex and uh, liquids that they are expensive but I can do it on a way that I could do it let's say I could go do my Fred skins tomorrow and they can have a little laugh. <laughs> I so love it by though. Doing, by doing research, search, you, you find you finding answers. Mm-hmm. So that opens also not only your creativity in the way, oh, I could do this or I could do that, but it opens also your mind because you can research different methods of doing something. Mm-hmm. And that could lead to something else. It might prompt you, oh, I could do this with that material, or I could do that with the other material. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That whole thing of research and opening yourself up, and I totally get that where uh, 
I'll be like, okay, so this amount of time, what I've done personally lately, which has been very helpful for me to stay on task, um, because you can fall down the rabbit hole when you start doing research. Um, when I'm doing certain things, um, it could all of a sudden be four hours later. Uh, so which can serve its time and be great and lead from one thing to another, like you said, kind of how do I do this and how do I do this? And it, it really gets your brain going and lighting up and it gets you excited to these possibilities that you maybe didn't even necessarily think about when you first started. Um, but I think it's just an important point for people to realize that this is a creative aspect. Like this is creativity, making these connections and problem solving. And like you said, with creating like the eyeballs, it's, that's like science. If you take, if you take one thing and mix this amount and mix this amount, does it work? Does it not work? Uh, it's exper it's experimentation. Yeah. Or how can I do that to do it in a way that, okay, it would be, child-friendly and I don't use chemicals or what, whatever, like kind of find different ways to do to do something because you might want to use, use something with younger people, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially now that it's Halloween and everybody knows that children want to try everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So... Um... Tell me about like, how does it work in your brain? Like when you get inspired for your, let's say your fashion line. Yeah. Um, I know I can speak for myself. Uh, does it just all of a sudden, like at random moments pop into your head? Could you just be taking a walk and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I have an idea or be in another store and see patterns or touching things? Like how does it... How can it, it could, just give me some examples? It could be either of those, like having an idea, maybe watch a movie and see something as a style in the movie and think, oh, okay, I'm watching this movie. Like I was watching a martial arts movie last mm -hmm. year and I came up with the idea, okay, I, I want to do kimonos, like incorporate the kimono in in my designs, but not as the kimono as, okay, the Japanese people have it, but I want to incorporate it in, in my own style. And then I mixed, let's say, what we call our European fabrics with African fabrics, and I made kimonos mm. for people to, to wear. And that was, but the moment I realized I wanted to make kimonos, it, it came out of a martial art movie. It wasn't something that you would say, okay, I will watch that and I get, I will get inspired because I want to get inspired. It was totally random. <laughs> right, right. Or I could be on the fabric shop and be like, okay, I need a fabric today. I need a fabric today. And see one fabric and inspire a whole outfit or a whole collection. Because mm -hmm. by seeing that fabric, I'll be like, okay, that's what I want to use for, I don't know, for five styles. Mm -hmm. so, so it could be, as you said, it could be one moment, a random moment, or it could be by seeing something, touching something. And I want the listeners to hear, like this is, the words that I'm putting to it also is like awareness and intuition. That when you have, when you are aware of 
like Anthony said, you know, sitting and watching a movie, it's a martial arts movie. And all of a sudden there's that feeling. I know for me, I don't know how it resonates in you. Like I get a feeling in my stomach. It's like that butterfly feeling. And there's like, kind of like a, it's like, boom, it's like, oh my God. And then there's like so much excitement that my brain starts moving about a million miles an hour. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's somehow like falling in love with the idea before you even create it. Ooh. I love that. Falling in love with the idea. I'm writing it down before you even create it. Take that in, everybody. Because then there's that whole idea of belief as well, right? Yes. Because you think that, you know, that's it. I would try and I will make two, three things. They fail. I will continue because the idea will work eventually. And it might work on your third attempt. It might work on your fourth attempt. You might be lucky and it might work on your first attempt. But if you have that belief that your idea is viable, then you have everything. Mm -hmm. And again, people have heard this a million times, but going to say it again, <clears throat> you have to fail. <laughs> like it's, if it works the first time, that's amazing. If it takes 20 times, then it takes 20 times. Like when the light bulb was created, there was like 10,000 I'm just making that number up right now, but there was like thousands of attempts before it actually happened, but he didn't give up. And did it change? I don't know. Like it could change it. Well, it has to change if something isn't working. You have to kind of look at it and tweak and say, huh, well, maybe if I do this, well, maybe if I do that. So I think it's just really important for people to remember this whole perfectionism thing that we so often fall into, like, let it go. No, that that's true. There is, there is perfect. Okay, because I'm a Christian. We say perfect is God. Okay, mm -hmm. but then what is perfection? We can't reach perfection because we are not gods. Mm. If we put it that way, so right. We can always try our best. Yes, I. I accept that and mm. I can say to everybody, yes, try your best, do, do your best, be your best version of yourself. But none of us can be perfect. No. When I was in the classroom, um, I had uh, kind of like four values that were basically put in up on the uh, on the board every time they came in that we read through before we got started. It was like greeting them and just reminding them what the expectations were in the room, per se. And one of them was, um, if you make a mistake, what happens? Beautiful oops, try again. And um, it would take some kids would immediately grasp that concept. And other kids were, you know, it took a while. <laughs> but I knew that this one girl who was very argumentative, um, one day when she actually looked at somebody else at her table and actually said the words, they were really upset that they made a mistake. And she said, beautiful, oops, try again. I was like, oh my God, uh, now I can die. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we have reached, <laughs> we have reached a space where she gets it. And the fact that she gets it, I've accomplished everything. <laughs> oh my God, that's beautiful. 
because yeah they need to learn everybody needs to learn from young or even okay if they're just hearing it now even our mistake can create something very good something excellent yes so yes other people might see it as in their vision as perfect as very good and you might be saying that was my mistake Yes. Yes. But I think that's where you find gold is because we get fixated on a concept and we're like, here it is. And sometimes it can be, yes, that turned out exactly the way I want. And I'm really happy with it. But so often along the way, when something gets a little bit tweaked because we're not so invested and fixated on it, that we're a little bit looser and then that thing is created and we're like, oh my God, I never would have thought of that otherwise no, and this is so freeing like wow that's 100 percent true and it's so beautiful actually yeah it's finding the beauty in the unexpected mm-hmm. beauty in all of that so tell us a little is there anything else that you want to share do you like for things that you like to do, like um, music or dancing or cooking or anything? I love to cook when I have friends around. It is something that I'm like, okay, I'll try this recipe or the other recipe and do something creative with the food. Or I love to listen to music and I listen anything in music from i have listened from african tribal music to our greek music to what we call western music uh, opera i'm i'm open to music Mm -hmm. because it makes me feel good Mm -hmm. do you pick do you pick music for like a mood oh basically i pick uh Portuguese, Brazilian uh, movie when I clean the house. I don't know. I find them very rhythmic uh-huh. and they, ma- they make me want to move. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I know it sounds weird, but actually it makes me want to move. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing also happier. My job's around the house that, okay, every woman will understand that sometimes, oh, I don't want to do this or I yes. don't want to do the ironing or I don't know. <laughs> Yes, I totally get it. I love that. So you put on some music that's like has a beat and you want to move and you're like, now I can clean. I got this. Yeah. And it puts me in the in that mood to clean. Or there are times that I just put random music and I let it play because I'm just sitting on the sewing machine and stitching. So I'm like, okay, I'll just have some company by the music. Because you spend many hours, let's say, stitching a dress and you're thinking, all right, I have no one to talk apart from the sewing machine. And she just talks to the fabric with a thread. She doesn't (laughs) talk to me. So I'll put the music on and it's like somebody's talking to me. (laughs) Yes. But I kind of like that. Talking to the fabric. Talking to the thread. When you're creating, are you... There's kind of like that movie, like Water for Chocolate. I don't know if you ever saw it. Yes. As she's cooking, her full emotions are in there. And as people are eating her food, they're feeling what she was feeling. Mm -hmm. So as you're creating your clothes, because you're doing the stitching of your clothes, correct? Yes, I do. 
so it's like putting it's like you're putting everything you're putting you you're putting your feelings you're putting your emotions into it it's your language i call my clothes my babies i know mm -hmm. they're not human so they can't be babies but like mm -hmm. in a way i call them my babies my dressing dolls are my wives <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but it it's doesn't. Like the little quirks I have. So my clothes are my babies, my dressing dolls are my my wives, and I enjoy creating. And I always say to people, I want to create wearable dreams for any size of woman. Mm -hmm. Because I want her to feel she's wearing a dream, she's wearing something she was dreaming herself, she's wearing something that makes her feel lovely going out and she feels like, okay, everybody will look at me and they will think I'm, I'm dreamy. Mm. That's why I call them wearable dreams. Mm. It's beautiful and I want to create dreams for all sizes of women. So people can look and yes, it's the feeling. And I totally understand why your clothes would be your babies because you're literally making them. You're birthing them from concept to actual physical existence. Exactly. And, I, and it doesn't matter. Like my last show that was a couple of weeks ago, I had every size of lady from the very, I had the very young models that you could say their size zero because they were about 17 years old my three youngest models 17 to 18 mm -hmm. and then i had the young the younger generation of models that they were on their 20 and they were sizes two to four in america mm -hmm. to help you a bit with the sizes and then i had ladies that they were oversized uh, 14, 12, because they were bigger size ladies, all in a fashion show. Because I was yeah. like, no, we need inclusivity. Yes, yes. And people need to see that, yes, as far as a young person can wear something, even another person that it's a little more mature or a little bigger on their size, they can equally wear something that is designed. Yeah. And they don't need to fall on the trap. I'll wear the baggy t-shirt and, I don't know, the baggy trousers to cover myself up. Yeah. I wanted to say congratulations on the show. I was watching um, the things that you posted on Facebook. Um, I watched the runway show and I saw the pictures and oh, love the way you. that you use the belts and um, the way that uh, I'm thinking of that green dress that um, with the one shoulder. Oh, the lady, that's the bigger lady that was wearing the green dress. Yeah, yeah. I know our listeners are kind of like, what are you talking about? But you have to go where Anthea is going to say where you can find out more about her soon. Um, I just love the presentation of her. I just, I was really drawn to her um, just in the way she held herself. And I love the makeup coordination with, uh, with the dress, the colors. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if you realized the other lady that was a little before her that she was wearing the purple dress and she was slimmer, it is the same dress into different women, to different colors. Interesting. I'll have to go back and look. Uh-huh. Because it is the same somehow design because it's, 
it's draping, so it can be 100% accurate, but it's somehow the same design, one shoulder and the drapes, but it's almost similar on the purple, on the slimmer lady, and on the green, on the curvier lady. It's It just made me think, like, especially with clothes, you can put two, like you're saying, two similar things on two different people with different shapes. And I really feel like how they hold themselves okay. really comes, I mean, that comes across, that shows, that, that just shows everything. It says somebody could be walking down the street with their head up with this confidence and just be like, I'm wearing this. It's not wearing me. <laughs> I'm wearing it. And there's, there's a different energy that comes out with it. Take it from me. We should wear our clothes, not our clothes wearing us. And I am a designer, but I tell you that. Because many of us, we were all got treated that you create clothes that people have to wear, uh, they would love to wear, you know, and sometimes we lose that thing that we don't say to people, you need to be able to wear what you're buying, yeah. not my clothes wearing you, not my design wearing you. Yeah. I should <sighs> be able to recognize the difference speaking to a woman that she asked me, okay, I would like a dress. And okay, I'll, I could offer always my opinion, see, see your body, tell you what you what I feel, it would look nice, whatever. But I should also take what you're giving me as a feedback back and put it on that cloth. Because otherwise, if I create only something mm. that it's me, it's going to end up probably my dress wearing you and not you wearing the dress. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because it's you as the designer, especially if you have the ability to do that one-on-one, -on -one, that you're actually listening. You're not just creating a mass quantity here of just, and people are trying on and they decide, you know, that's what happens. We try on clothes, we see what feels good. Yeah. But in this case, with what you're saying, you're actually listening to somebody to hear what they're saying as opposed to you putting your ideas onto them. No, that, for me, that's how it should be because I'm creating also somehow evening wear, let's call them. Mm -hmm. And it's, more of a um, thing that I can't do mass production. I'm stitching them alone also. So even if I could make three dresses, let's say, in a week, for with all, putting even all the bidding and everything, okay? Let's say I have the time to do all that and I could even bid the dress up and down. Still, if I don't listen, let's say, to you, Holly, as my client, or to Rosie as my client, or to Maria as my client, what have I accomplished? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Huh. So as we're approaching the top of the hour, I want to uh, make sure we get to the third question, which is everything that we've kind of talked about, but tying it all up. So why do you think creativity is important? It is important because one, it feeds our souls. It lets us uh, give to others part of us and also give, give them sometimes hope, give them uh, happiness, depending what we are creating. Mm. Uh, give, give them 
also food for thought. Certain times we watch movies and then we think of what it was presented to us in the movie, and it could be something social, and that opens conversations. So it's food for thought. Yeah. Um, I could creativity gives us many things. For me, it even gives me freedom, freedom from the mundane life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that not every day is the same yes listeners example, today yeah. I make eyeballs and to, tomorrow I'll be in a haunted house <laughs> I love it <laughs> is your house going to be a haunted house no no actually I will be in a haunted house <laughs> ah okay uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's part of my <laughs> weekend Thing and it's Halloween, so we'll be in a haunted house, kind of scaring people. But it, uh, you, you see, that, that's it. No day is the same, and creativity makes makes it that way for me. For no day to be the same. Yes, and I think it's important to really stress this. So, listeners, whether you're here live or catching the replay, it's a choice. I'm seeing it as it's a conscious choice. Uh, you can choose for every day to be the same, or you can choose to make different choices along the way. Yes, you may have your job that you know you go to, you wake up the same time, but change something, go to work in a different way, um, eat something different than you would normally eat, talk to somebody different that you wouldn't normally talk to, like switch it up, listen to different music that inspires you. Do things in a different way. Don't don't accept the mundane. That just feels crappy. No, because if we do every day exactly on the same hour, the same thing, all day long, every day in our life, we come to a point that we are like, okay, I'm sitting here. It is, let's say, I don't know, Sunday and I'm bored because I worked from... Uh, Monday to Saturday and I have nothing else to do. I know that I work from nine to five these days and that's it. I come home, I eat this time and then I shower this time and then I go to bed. Yeah. And then it comes the day that you have free and you're like, yes, I have all this free time, but I'm bored. Right. Because you, you're not, there is no spark to make you do something, even if it's something silly. Take a piece of paper and a pen and, I don't know, scribble, write, draw, whatever. Right, exactly. Because like you said in the beginning, creativity is important to feed our souls. You're not feeding your soul if you're not doing these little things, baby steps. You might be a person that's like, oh, my God, I have been wanting to do all these things. I have a bucket list. I don't even have to think about it. Like, I'm just going to go and pick something. And I'm going to go jump out of a plane or do whatever it is. Or if you're the kind of person that's a little frozen is like, I don't know where to start. Then start with those baby steps. Eat a little something different, like we said. Have a little different drink. Go to someplace a different way. Like baby steps. Even if it's instead of, I don't know, coming back home, cooking and watching TV, cook and put music on instead of watching the TV to break the circle. Yes, and dance around the room like nobody cares. Like, 
that has been a thing I have been doing lately. That's been more so like, you just don't care anymore. Like kitchen dancing is a real thing. It's, it's just, we dance and we cook like dance around the living room. And it's just, it feels yeah. good. It's movement and it's just fun. It's, it's I'm Greek. Fun. We dance off top of tables and break plates. So you couldn't even do that. <laughs> you couldn't even call do yourself, that. I'm not really Greeks. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Just make I sure your it. tables are stable, though. <laughs> <laughs> not a card table. <laughs> yeah, like, not the tiniest table. Use a stable table, well, not a glass table or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anthony, can you please tell people how they can find you? Yes, they can find they can find me on Instagram as Amphizi underscore official for my clothing. They can find me on Facebook as Amphidzi. If they search on the page, it needs to be artists and it's a black and white picture. They can also find find me. I do little speeches that it's called Fashion Bites. Mm-hmm. And it's small, tiny podcast maybe five minutes that they talk about uh, fashion elements and historical stuff so it's more if you are into that stuff maybe that's great so it's called fashion bites yes fashion bites Mm -hmm. wonderful well i'm gonna put all this in the show notes and um so people can find you and before we go, uh, is there any final words of wisdom that you're feeling that you need to say, or do you feel like you've said what you need to say? I want everybody to feel comfortable on their skin they are in. It doesn't matter their size. They can accomplish whatever they put into their mind, and they should have fun with their life. Mm. That's my wish for everyone. That I is don't know your if it's words of wisdom, but it's a wisdom. <laughs> I love that. Have fun with your life, everybody. Yes, it's what we truly want for you. Truly heartfelt. Um, life is meant to be. It's meant to be fun. Yes, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. We know that. We don't live in this other. But you know what? How you choose to see things and how you choose to respond and react is your choice. So um, we are just so grateful. Anthe, thank you so much for taking this hour to chat with me. I'm truly grateful. No, thank you for having me on your show, for, for your listeners that they joined in. Thank you for listening me bubbling. <laughs> <laughs> it was an inspired conversation. And this space is all about inspiring each other connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow, and share in order to spread the goodness. I feel like we have always needed this um, to lift each other up and feel connected, but I feel like we need it now more than ever. Um, And if you are feeling so inspired to be in a multi-author book and share your story and experience some experiential kits through my companies, I am creative and express yourself publishing. Please reach out and I would love to chat with you. And I just love these conversations. It's just it's just um, fuel <laughs> to keep, make the day just that much better. So thank you, everybody. I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world. And we'll be talking to you soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways 
to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com. I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And check out the experiential kits. Check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has an expression. And I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.